Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bobblehead Podcast. We're glad you're here. Today, um, we talk about something that uh, we really haven't ever dove into quite before, and that is negotiation. And Davin and I talk briefly about maybe a couple scenarios that we've gone through, one that he went through just a couple weeks ago, and uh, really how to use negotiation uh, in a different way than you've probably ever heard about using it. And maybe negotiating tactics that don't really come to mind or something that's never been taught before. So uh, I hope you get a lot, a lot out of today, and we're glad you're here. We'll start with that and see where it goes. Whatever. Whatever. Let's do it. Yeah, all right. So we started? Yeah. Hi, Davin. Hi, Officially. Tim. <laughs> I hadn't seen you for a while. For yeah, it's, it's a while. been a little bit, man. Yeah. Kind of been running opposite directions. We have been not running opposite directions. Because you were in... I was in... You were in Boston. I was, yeah. Before I left, right? Yeah, had a had a pretty important meeting up there with, uh, with one of our big partners. Yeah. And uh, that went really well. That was one of those meetings where, like, you know it's going well when it's going. Yeah. And um, it was really positive. Had a good time doing it. Good. It's you know that's one of those things where, unfortunately, we don't get to do what we love all the time. Yeah. Right? Like we, there's certain components of our jobs that like give us energy, like give us life. Like we absolutely mm-hmm. love to do it. And then there's the majority of our job, which we have to do in order to be able to do the things that we love. Right. Right. Eighty twenty or whatever that percentage is. Like I love the process of negotiations, of sitting down in a room with a person or people, and having objectives that I'm trying to accomplish via words or actions, and putting it on my own merit to accomplish it. I love it. It's one of my favorite things. And I remember before you left, like you had the whole thing planned out in your mind of exactly Mm -hmm. how it would go. And then if this turns this way, what would happen? If this turned this way, what would happen? And you're, and cause you're really good at that. Like, like, like we talked about before, you know, operationally, you see things very clearly, Mm -hmm. you know, literally, linear, linear, linearly. Thank you. Um, how they are and can put dates to them. You know, I can't do that. My brain doesn't work that way. All I see is puffy little, little clouds, and little clouds. clouds and doors. Yeah, clouds and clouds and doors. <laughs> I've heard that one. Ropes and ladders is probably a yeah. Bit, yeah. Um, but you can think through those things, and and the way your brain works is so different. But it's cool watching you plan all that out, and that you have all these doors that open, and which which hall you go down. If this, if that door opens, which way, if that, you know, if this one blocks, you go this way. I mean, you had all that planned out and you actually had it written out or something. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Like I like to do documents and and kind of go through this planning process and go through this like exhaustive mental preparation. And it's really helpful, but you have to be careful not to get too rigid with it because then if it's like, if this word doesn't go this way, or if this thing isn't said at this point in time, then like you can get thrown off of a script. It's like, I try to write out all of my courses of action but leave enough ambiguity to be able to maneuver within those courses of action, yeah. right? That's something that I, that I learned early, even with podcasting, with scripting out what it is that you're going to say. Right. You know, we all have, Mike Tyson, everybody's heard that saying, you have a plan to get punched in the face. Right. And especially when you're in a negotiation like that, like it's good to plan. You have to plan and prepare. You have to know your audience. You have to know your opposition in some cases and, and how to prepare for and with that type of person. But again, it can't be scripted to the letter. It can't be scripted to the minute because you inevitably will get thrown off your game. And if you don't have the, if you don't leave yourself the mental bandwidth to be able to maneuver, then you'll, you'll end up getting stuck. Okay. We didn't start off talking about this, but let's talk about it since yeah. we're on it. Is that cool? Yeah, let's go. Um, I, I, I get, I get really intrigued by the whole negotiating process 
And I know that you did quite a bit of training. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have a book in there on my bookcase um, from uh, Voss yeah. that you had signed. So thank you again. Oh, yeah. But you actually went to one of their conferences. And let, let's talk a little bit about, and I think the, the, reader, the, the listeners would really get a lot out of understanding why negotiation and what it really, what people think it means and what it really means. And we don't have to dive into all the details of things that you learned, but just kind of overview, what, what are some things that you wish you knew back, you know, five, six, seven, ten 10 years ago? Man, just the way that the brain and the emotions work relative to negotiations. Like we, we think that we are rational creatures. Logical. Right. We're logical and we're rational. Like all of our thoughts are logical and rational, but like innately we are illogical and innately we are irrational. Um, even, even on our best days, we just, we, we don't, it's just not the way our brains are wired to think. Um, and I wish I had known a long time ago that that was our, our default because you try to approach it with such a rational mindset. Like I'm being rational. And then, so oftentimes the person that's opposite of you you try to think of them as irrational, right? Mm-hmm. And the understanding now that we both think emotionally, mm-hmm. we are wired to think that way, or we're wired to process thoughts in a default negative way. Every time we hear something, we, we think it's going to be negative. Um, so I wish I would have known just like the chemical makeup of our brain, which is weird because I know that's kind of a super deep topic in and of itself, but the way we're wired to think and the way we're wired to react and the way that we're wired to act, if I would have known that a long time ago, the way that I approached not just negotiation, which I think we all, we all have these preconceived notions that we're, again, we're sitting in a mahogany clad boardroom across from our opposition, trying to negotiate whatever. Right. But we negotiate hundreds of times a day, whether it's with our kids, whether it's with our spouse, whether it's with our boss or our colleagues or the person making your sandwich. Right. Those are all little negotiations. And if I would have known the way that our brains were wired beforehand, I would have approached it completely different. Don't you think people when they first get into, when they hear the word negotiation, the first word they think of is argument. Yeah. And and I think that's that's where it gets skewed really quick is, you know, we always, as we grow up, we're, we're taught to try to win the argument. Uh-huh. And, and we win the argument, whoever has the best point and can, at the end, prove their point wins. And that's not what negotiation is at all. all. And so, you know, the faster you can get out of your head that it's an argument, the faster you can get towards a negotiation. Yeah, I really like that. It changes your approach, right? Yeah. When you think of of argument, you think of tense shoulders, you know, kind of a scowl. Right. You're you're in a defensive position because you want to make sure that, again, you're able to defend or articulate your point, right? And you're not open to lateral, linear, out-of-the-box thinking when you're defensive or when you're emotional about things and you're hundred percent right on that. And, and you know, when you get into and understand how negotiations and how, how people, you know, negotiate emotionally, even though they don't think they are, once you better understand that, you know, when you get into it, really what you're dealing with is I'm dealing with, if you and I are negotiating that I'm, I'm really dealing with as much your emotions mm-hmm and how you're feeling about something as I am the facts of whatever it is. If it's about money, if it's about contract, it's about whatever it might be, then it's not as much about the points as it is, what are you trying to get out of this? What am I trying to get out of this? And how are we gonna find out where we can meet and both agree in a way that 
I get what I want out of it. And then you get what you want out of it. One out of it, and 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 when people hear that, they think, "Oh, it's a win-win." It's really never win-win. Doesn't matter, and and there's no such thing as a win-win. Nobody ever gets everything they want, right? Yeah, and and I think one of the things that Voss talks about a lot is, you know, you think that a negotiation is a win-win scenario. You're going out to dinner with your wife. Jamie wants you to wear black shoes. You want to wear brown shoes. So a win-win scenario would be for you to wear one One brown shoe and one black shoe. Yeah, that's right. That's perfectly rational. It's logical, right? But it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. And you bring up an interesting point. Um, We talk about the the emotions of a person. If if you are able to get the read of the emotions of the person that you're negotiating with or against, man, like you you'll get beat up bad if you give away those emotional tells or if you or if you step in with emotion. And that's why it's so important from a negotiation standpoint to, to mirror, right. To, you can negotiate viciously and vigorously with a smile on your face. Absolutely. You can. And and with, with, with even inflections, um, and with a steady tone and you will disarm the, your, your, your counterpart very, very quickly if you negotiate with a smile. So let's, I don't want to get too deep into it. And, and, and I'd love for you to talk quickly about if someone, was wanting to learn more about how to negotiate, what would you recommend? Oh man, I pick a style, you know, and, and for me, Chris Voss never split the difference. I could sit here and talk for hours about that. And you know that it, it changed my life because we, we all have those, those influences in our lives that, that taught us how to have a conversation that taught us how, you know, even some points to negotiate, but it's not rooted in, in logic or science or things like that. So if you want to learn to negotiate, pick, pick up a book. And for me, never split the difference and yeah. listen to it and re-listen to it on a loop, listen to it over and over and over again. And just once you think you have it, just start practicing it. Yeah. And, and, uh, I remember, I think the very, I don't think I read it first. I think I listened to the audio book, mm-hmm. which was really cool because it's him talking through, is it him? I don't, maybe it's somebody it's else, him. but he's talking through, but the cool thing is he'll, he'll make a point here's, and then he'll tell a story about back when he was in hostage hostage mm-hmm. negotiating um, for, I guess it was the FBI. Yeah. And, uh, but he, he tells a story and then he comes back and then says, here's how we negotiated this. And here was the tool, here are the tools that I used and here's how you can use them. And, you know, for a guy like you can pick things up pretty quick for me, I had to listen to these things over and over again. And it, it's a skill, they're skills that you have to practice. And if you don't practice, you lose them. Yeah. And, you know, and people a lot of times say, well, I don't have enough negotiations. I'm not in enough to get in negotiations to keep my skills honed. Yeah, you are. Every day, and you said this earlier, every day you negotiate. And there's opportunity to negotiate. And using those to do that is pretty cool and pretty powerful and allows you to use those skills and see how people react to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and for people that are listening, I got to tell you, it, it's not saying a special term. It's not saying special words. Um, it's literally knowing where you are in the scenario and knowing how to best uh, react or speak to someone who is who's on the other side of the desk or next to you or on the phone or whatever it is. And it's just thinking about what is the situation, what's going on, and what skill do I pull out in this situation to a calm people down or get them where I want them to be or to agree with me or whatever the case is. And there's, there's, there's many, many different skills that you can use to do that. But to me, it's, it's 
that's the hard part is knowing when to use each one. Yeah. You went into this last negotiation actually knowing exactly what you were going to do, mm-hmm. right? You knew what skills you were going to use. You knew what you were going to say and how are you going to do it before you even went, right? Yeah, and the one you're talking about, that skill, I went to an entire Voss seminar centered on tactical empathy. And, you know, people hear that those words put together and it, like one sounds like military and one sounds like, you know, the, the fluffy empathy, right. like things that husbands are so bad at. But really what what it is, is is the ability to go in with a set of objectives, right? And use empathy and use emotional intelligence to meet the person you're negotiating with where they are, understand what it is that they need to feel comfortable, to feel like they're going to be successful within the framework of your negotiation and displaying those skills needed in order to accomplish your objective. Right? And actually to break down a glass wall yeah. that these people come in thinking that they are there. Yeah. And within the first two minutes, you shatter those in a way that they're left in amazement, awe, shock mm-hmm. of, wait a minute, this was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know, but yet you haven't even got to where you want to get yet. Mm-hmm. And, and I was able to put that in play because I, I knew who it was. I I'd, I'd, I had a relationship um, with the people that I was negotiating with. And, and it, this certainly wasn't a, a hostile, contentious type. No, not at all. In, in, in 99% of the negotiations you're going to you're gonna go into aren't contentious or they're not hostile. Right. right? That's not the nature of what it is that we do. Right. Um, even legal type battles, a lot of times those negotiations are done are done under under you know friendly context. Um, but I knew what it was that they needed. And rather than fight them on what it was that I needed, I made them feel exceptionally comfortable. I, I gave into that need because there wasn't a real high monetary value associated with it for me. So I was able to give them their skin of the game quick. Mm-hmm. And it had a very disarming nature to it. Right. And because of that, I was able to extract the value that we needed as an organization by giving them, by, by not fighting them where they were. You know, if you make a Sun Tzu reference, right? Um, so gave them what they need, met them where they were, and then I was able to hit them with my ax and, and capitalize on a little bit of reciprocity, right? Um, in order, they, they felt comfortable, so they were, they were more comfortable to say yes right. because I'd gotten first a no and then a yes, and then we went from there. And, and that's one of the things that you'll get into when you read the book is that sometimes the answer you want quickly is no. Yeah. And that's so opposite of what we're taught or what we think is we're always looking for yeses, and the reality is, you can't get to where you really need to be until they say no. Yeah. And so sometimes you have to throw some things out there that you know they're going to say no to just to get started. One of, one of my favorite things that I lead with is, would it be completely impossible if? Yeah, or would, then, would it, would it then, be the craziest thing? If, yeah, and then driving towards that no. And, man, I, I do it with, with hotel upgrades. I do it with flight upgrades. It works. I do it with because you, you, people are so predisposed to look for the yes Mm-hmm. Right. And then want to push back against that. Yes. Yeah. Like you want this glass of water, don't you? And then you're in you're in the mind. The person's like, no, I'd like I would rather die of thirst. Right. Where if you get, if you make them comfortable with saying no, they 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 begin to let their guard down because they know that it's OK to say no. Yeah. Right. So instead of saying, you know, asking a question, drive towards a no. Would it be yeah. completely impossible for me to uh, to get an upgrade today? Right. I mean, I, I don't know. And yeah. then and then you're able to. To go from there. Right. It's almost like you invite, you you ask them to go sit on, you know, their side of the table. Yeah. And let's figure this out. And that's, and once you get to that point, then it's a whole, you know, it's, it's a little more complicated than that. But um, anyway, so I, I would say this, if you're listening and you've never done a true negotiation, um, in fact, 
this is a, a great story is I've good, a good friend that was going to buy an expensive car and uh, it was Byron. Okay. And so uh, he was going and he said, Hey, I've never negotiated a car deal before. And I said, um, he said, you know, how do I do it? And I went, man, you know, you're, you're asking, you're not asking the right guy. Cause I'm, I'm not the best at it, <laughs> but let me give you some things of what some simple things to use. And so I kind of told him about a few of those, you know, negotiation tools. And he's like, he calls me Elliot. He goes, Elliot, where, where'd you get that? And I'm like, here's this book. And he goes, where do I get it? I said, just Amazon, wherever, man, yep. just go get it. And sure enough, he, I mean, before he even went and did the negotiation, he went and started reading the book. And he had two different things that he wanted to take with him in his mind that he was going to use. And it completely turned out in his favor and he got exactly what he wanted. You know, did he pay what he wanted for the car? Man, eh, maybe a little bit more, but the value that he got on top of that was way more than anything he could have imagined he would have gotten. And so, you know, for him, it was about finding the things that they didn't find as much value in they were willing to give, but were you really valuable to him? Mm-hmm. And then give a little bit on the price, even though the value he got back was way more than the little bit of price increase that he didn't want to take. And so he wound up really, really happy with that. And so I'd highly recommend is, you know, go get a, if you don't get the boss book, get one like it. Um, I just don't recommend getting one that's based on logic. I know that, you know, I think the boss talks about, I think at Harvard, a couple other places, yeah. they really teach logic based negotiation. And, you know, my counsel would be for those listening is don't go down that road. I don't think that is the best way to do it. You know, there's, there's people that try to use anger and they try to use fear and they try to use, and I, I just don't know that that really works well. I don't know that that's really going to get you where you want to go. The other thing I would, I would suggest is if you do learn these tactics, you do learn these skills, don't use them at home. Yeah. Because you'll, you'll, you'll feel really bad about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> really quick, right? Yeah. Because you start talking about non-monetary items of, of value, you'll yeah. lose every, every time. single time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, negotiations are right in the right place in the right time. Mm. But don't make your, you know, a lot of people say your life is negotiation. You know, it's really not. Yeah. It's really not. You don't, you don't have to, you know, what, what they say is if you're a hammer, everything's a nail. Don't go at it like that. I mean, try to use the skills, but at the same time, you know, use them in places where it's it's relevant and needed and not negotiating just because you can negotiate. Nobody likes that guy. Yeah, I like that a lot. And, and I'll try to use those tactics. Lisa's read the book and all that kind of stuff. And I'll, I'll try to use tactical empathy or something. She'll mm-hmm. just be like, shut up. She'll just stop <laughs> me dead in my tracks. Hey, like, which is the best negoti- negotiation she can have because you do. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. One point One point that I want to make, I've, you know, in my MBA program, we did negotiation courses, right? And that was actually before I got into the Chris Vosbase empathy, th- empathy stuff. And what you'll see so many times in like law programs um, and MBA programs is they, they teach a very logic-based uh, negotiation approach, but there's a lot of really smart people in those programs, a lot of really book smart people. And you have to have enough emotional intelligence to recognize where your strengths and your weaknesses lie. Mm. And a, a lot of times, if you get into that logic base, you're meeting force on force and you're going to step in, in a room with people that are just objectively more intelligent than you. Mm-hmm. And if you have the ability to leverage things like tactical empathy and, and, and understand emotional intelligence, you can f- again, fight them where they're not. They're mm. going in looking for a concession on, that they're smarter than me mm-hmm. or that they're better at negotiating than mm-hmm. me. And if you know those things, and if you understand that they're not rational beings, 
you can use those points against them a hundred times out of a hundred, and I do it all the time. You use their intelligence mm-hmm. against them almost, yeah. right? And there's tactics you can use, and I won't give it. A, we, it's a completely different podcast, but right. there's tactics you can use, just little simple phrases that that will turn that around on them a hundred times out of a hundred. And it, it's amazing when you get there and begin to use these and, and really hone those skills. What what turns out, and, and you know, you you get pretty much what you want. Maybe not in exactly the way you thought you were going to get it. And, but what's cool is they walk away on the other side feeling like they won. Yeah. And that's what you want, right? That's a win-win, right? Both sides feeling like they've won. Yeah. That doesn't mean, like, nobody's ever leaving a negotiation in a, in a true win-win scenario, right? Yeah. But you can have that feeling as though you won, and you can have that feeling of reciprocity. Mm-hmm. And if you leave the negotiating table with those things, you may have gotten your tail handed to you, but you're going to feel like you didn't. Yeah, And exactly. that's that's a real win. And we've all been there. <laughs> not since last night, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've, I've enjoyed this. Uh, let's just end it here and uh, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, it was a fun one. Hey, thanks. Yeah.